This podcast is the overflow of a three and a half minute song called Jesus Happened. You can expect raw and real conversation, stories, and testimonies of my personal Jesus Happened moment, along with many others. So here we go with another episode of the Jesus Happened podcast. Jesus Did a, a bigger house save us? Does that feel like salvation? No. Would it? Would a marriage save us? No. But some people, are, that's their savior. That's what they're looking to save them from the terrible feelings inside. Whew. You see what I'm saying? What is God's will? Well, his will is for his will to be accomplished, not ours. Hey! And, and we're not going to know his will or his ways the majority of the time. You want heaven on earth here? It's that a life filled with sin and darkness can be transformed. That's heaven on earth, I think, as far as it can Welcome back to the Jesus Happened podcast, y'all. I'm not even going to give like a full-on introduction this time because we're just going to get straight to it because on today's episode, I get to have my pastors, Kevin and Cheyenne Eakin, talk with me today. They sat down with me in our church called Eyes on Jesus Nashville in the Bellevue area if you live in Nashville. Um, And if you're ever visiting, please come see us. We would love to have you. We love visitors. Uh, But yeah, we got to sit down and talk about eternity. So yeah, I'm not even going to like try and explain anything else. I'm just going to get right to it. So here's the conversation with me, Kevin, and Cheyenne. It's really cool to have y'all. These are my pastors. You can't see them, but I can. Howdy. Oh, howdy. Um, (laughs) I wish we were videoing slightly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll do another one. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> what are you drinking? Coffee? Tea. tea. Paris. Paris tea. Kevin's seen, so fancy. You ever seen Jonathan Ogden's um what are those called? Like YouTube worship videos? No, it's the Instagram reels or whatever. Yes. About the first like twenty seconds or a minute of every podcast that ends up being about nothing. No. But it's please brilliant. please can you tell me about it? Well, it's just he's he starts out because he's uh, talking to himself, you know, <laughs> playing both sides. And he's he's like, um, you know, I'm just so thankful that we get a chance because it's so important. Do you know what I mean? It's so important. And and he's playing the other part and he's just like so important. It's so, so, important. Important. so important. And like I've always wanted to share, you know, and talk and just it's just I just feel like it's time. <laughs> it's time. It's like so never like gets to never gets to anything. anything. And he says like the fr- the beginning of every podcast. So well, I try to get to things quick. I really do. Yeah. I almost did a pastor's appreciation post yesterday. I still want to, by the way. So be prepared for the tag on Insta. But one of the reasons I'm so thankful for y'all is in the midst of a culture that talks about, quote unquote, truth, their truth, my truth, 
all the time, like, you all have preached the truth, the only truth, and that's what changed my life, is y'all speaking truth into my lives, into my life over and over and over again. Thank you, Lord. Kevin, I just want you to preach again. Can you just preach living for eternity? And, and Cheyenne, can you, like you, like you said a second ago before we started, Baylor, are you preparing for future glory? I would have never known what that meant even before you started talking about it, you know, and especially before I read the Bible. That's one of my favorite things that you've ever talked about. Well, it was a command from the Lord. I mean, if you really look at it, it is the basis of Christianity. Right. Wow. I mean, it, if you're a true Christian, then this is really, really and truly what you're living for. So, <sighs> like, and then everything runs through, for me, everything runs through that filter. As long as I'm in my right mind, which is the mind of Christ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And so, like, like when you say, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that because I want to preserve my reputation. My mind thinks which one. Wow. Reputation among the world, worldly Christians, Woo. or the saints that are cheering you on. Wow. And God, like, <laughs> like we, have got, we have got to realize that our real life is actually hidden. Yeah. I believe the word says, in Christ with God. I think that's how it says it. And will be revealed on the day that he returns. So, like, wow. you don't even know who you are. Nope. I don't know my real self. My I died to my life here. <laughs> in my real life, I won't even see myself. I will not even see myself from my real life until the day that Christ is revealed for all to see. Wow. And so a few weeks ago, I guess, I had a dream, and there were several people from the church, and they all had, like, sheet music is what it looked like, like wow. a page of sheet music. And they were reading this page, and they were saying, oh, yeah, like they could say it, like they could sing it, like they could read it, like they could talk about it. And I saw at the top of the page, it said, preparing for future glory. And they were like, oh, yeah. And the Lord spoke to me in the dream and said they have no idea what they're talking about. And they need to teach them. <laughs> and I'm like, I know if he's saying that to me, I know that I don't even know. Whoa. Like he's about to teach us. <laughs> and Kevin and I, we weren't even able to speak about it all, what was on our hearts that morning. We both got to church that day and recognized there had been a massive shift. And we will never go back. And our whole focus now is heaven. Not bringing heaven to earth. Right. The one that Christ is preparing. And, and we believe that part of that is, of course, you know, Christ came from heaven to earth. <laughs> and then he provided the way for us to be seated in the heavenlies. So I do believe that as we're connected with him and he's reaching through us to draw others because Christ said, no man comes to me unless he's drawn by the Father. Right. So can we actually even lead anyone to Christ if he couldn't? No. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, so like we're in that connection with him and then he's through us. I always see it like the cross, like we're reaching up and he's reaching out and drawing people to himself. And then we are seating, being seated in the heavenlies. Wow. Looking toward our real life. Right. We've got to have 
perspective on our real life. Otherwise, we keep searching for significance here. Right. It's like the other day when um, I was in an interview and I said the term that I hear y'all say and, and that I say all the time, and which was, I'm living for the next life. I'm living for my, my real life, which is what you just said. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me like, wow. They weren't like mad about that comment. They were just like, they said, that's a really deep thought. This is a Christian interview, you know, like I don't I don't know if when I used to call myself a Christian, I knew there was even another life. I really Mm. don't think I did. Mm -hmm. I don't. Which means I wasn't a believer. (laughs) So that's like so like then I start to think, like, what could your hope be in? If you're not living for the next life. Well, people have all kind of perspectives. But I feel like, especially in this area, it's like, receive Christ and he'll make your life better. Wow. And for me, I mean, when when COVID hit, you know, we talk a lot about our church didn't really miss a step because, number one, the Bible, we, we read the Bible. I remember one Friday night getting here and Kevin nor I felt like even singing. So we read the whole book of Revelations. You know what I mean? And some people had never read the book of Revelation. Like they were scared to read it or just intimidated. We need to be reading this book. We need to read the whole book. We need the whole book, all the books of the Bible. But um, also besides that, besides the Bible, we have been reading stories from Christians who have been persecuted in communist China, Mm. uh, in other places, um, Mozambique, um, Africa. And just talking about the reality. And and one of the things that I tell our church over and over and over, and I will till the day I die, I guess, um, or the Lord takes me, is if, if the gospel that you believe is good news cannot be good news, for, say, a woman who lost her husband yesterday to persecution and is losing her life the next day. Mm. If she needs whatever you've decided is good news for it to be the gospel for her, how can it be good news for us? Like if it's like, okay, I'm going to raise my hand in church or say this prayer or whatever, and God's going to give me the spouse of my dreams, the house of my dreams, it's like God is like an addition to the life we're already trying to build. Whoa. But instead... Uh, okay, so a gospel that does not say you have to lay your life down to follow Christ, in my opinion, is deadlier than losing your life, your earthly life, for following Christ. Wow. Because the gospel has the power to save our, our souls. The Bible says, humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your souls. Whew. Well, it just depends on what have you believed. Like... What do you believe? Do you believe that God's just supposed to bless you? And then if he doesn't bless you like how you thought you'd be blessed, then either you're disappointed in him, you feel like a failure to him, or or he's failed you. But if you realize that here he promised trouble, and that in him we could have peace, and our real life is there, then you're able, it's just a totally different perspective. If heaven is actually real to you. Think about this. 
if your faith is more valuable than gold and your faith is more important than your actual earthly temporary life because, you know, the disciples were in a storm that threatened their life. And when Jesus rebuked the storm, he also rebuked them for their lack of faith because the Bible says don't fear him or the storm, you know, that can kill you. Reserve your fear for God who can throw both body and soul into hell. Right. Okay. In other words, and the Bible says after they've destroyed your body, they can do no more. (laughs) I don't know many American Christians who that who take comfort from that. They're like. What do you mean after they destroy my body, they can do no more? But think how comforting that will be. That is right now to the Afghanistan Christians. Jesus. Right. Right. Like, actually. Actually. Because if your hope is in this life, getting married, having kids, being successful, making lots of money, building a platform in ministry. Right. Um, bringing in a billion soul harvest, whatever. If your focus is anything but Jesus and the next life, then what do you do when it doesn't turn out like you thought it would? Uh, my concern is for wow. people's actual faith. Right. Because you see, you're connecting your faith to something. Yeah. And if you're connecting your faith to miracles... What do you do when someone dies? Whoa. If you're connecting your faith to a city being transformed, what do you do when it's taken out by a tornado? What Whoa. What do you do with these things? Like, actually, what do you do if your faith is not in him? Right. And the Bible says when, when we walked in to do this podcast, I just opened my Bible because we, we love Bible flips, right? Um, the reason this is really important is the Bible says in Mark thirteen, thirteen, everyone will hate you because you are my followers, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Right. Okay. So faith is really important because that's how we're saved. We're not saved by works. Wow. We're saved by faith, by grace through faith. Right. Right. So it's very important that we're standing firm in faith. And if you've attached your faith to an outcome. That does not happen. You know, I would far rather be in the case of Job. Mm. I'd rather be like Job saying, if you heal me or you kill me, I trust you. You know what? He had faith. <laughs> could a, could a, a bigger house save us? Does that feel like salvation? No. Would it? Would a marriage save us? No. But some people, are, that's their savior. That's what they're looking to save them from the terrible feelings inside. You see what I'm saying? But uh, 2 Corinthians um, 4, in verse 16, that is why we never give up, though our bodies are dying, because the the minute you're born, you're dying. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're, You're getting closer to, you know. Our spirits are being renewed every day. So take, you know, take courage. Not only do you deny your flesh every day, but your spirit is renewed every day. What point is crucifying your flesh if you're not rising in the spirit? So for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last 
forever. And what we can feel like is that our present troubles are massive and they're taking forever. Right. Some people feel like all they've ever had is trouble. But you got to understand, Paul writing this, if Paul was saying his troubles were small and wouldn't last long, how do our troubles stack up against Paul's? Uh. But if, if you don't have an eternal perspective, you will drown in the puddles of trouble. Right. Right? Yep. When we could dance in the puddle of trouble and swim by faith in the oceans of glory. Because this says these troubles are producing vast amounts of glory. Now, if that's true, then you've learned how to be thankful in all things. But if that's not true, you stay a complainer in all things. All things, good or bad, because you're just not satisfied. Oh. <laughs> you're, just, you're just not a happy camper because Jesus isn't real and eternity's not real and you're running out of time and you need to, like, how can we get younger and how can we do more and how can people applaud us more? Like, if, if you're not living for rewards in heaven, you're going to live for applause here on earth. Amen. And what about when you don't get it? Right. Or like Louisa says, what about when you do get it and you die trying to maintain it? That's right. I'm done for a minute. <laughs> I'm done too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess my question for you, Kevin, and Shy, if you want to answer it too, but like when you when did when did you actually start living for eternity? Well, I mean, I don't really know. It's a great question. I think my kids are fascinated with the the end times. Yeah. And so for the last couple of years, we've we've been studying Daniel and Revelation and Isaiah and, you know, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, all the <laughs> tribs. And, um, wow. What do you believe about? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from what I can tell, biblically speaking, I'm a post-tribber. But I'm open to any of the trips. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're fascinated by it. And I, you know, just that scripture that, that Shine just read in verse 18, it says, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Ooh. So we're supposed to see things you can't see. Wow. And, you know, Shine, my sweet little wife, has been talking about living for the next life for a couple of years. Right. And as much as I thought I was, I didn't really know what that meant. You know, it goes back to the gospel, which is why there's a change in our church. Is not only a change in our church, but it's why we take so much heat from the outside. Is because not our opinion, but according to the Bible, it says we have to lay down our life. Wow. And that is not popular. It's not popular in church growth. It's not popular. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's just not popular. It's not popular with young people, and it's not popular with old people. Yeah. And most people would quote that scripture, but what does denying self look like, you know? And so, I mean, if you want to talk about living for eternity, I think I have no idea when that started, but I've been, I've been fascinated by heaven, but I'm fascinated with, with heaven on earth, not in the way that people are bringing heaven to earth, Whoa! but I'm fascinated with living in peace and joy and and gentleness and patience and kindness and love regardless of what's happening in the world. And I think about, are you okay? Are you getting hit? Yeah. Like as you're talking, Kevin, it feels like waves of glory are just hitting us. Like, I'm like, whoa. I mean, like, I mean, literally like the Lord is like producing waves of glory while you're talking. 
It's hard to sit up. I'm, I'm, I feel it all around me. Like, it feels like I'm like, whoa, like at the beach when another wave hits. <laughs> I'm not joking. Well, what does it say, right? The prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will, will be done on earth on as earth it is in heaven. heaven. Well, what is God's will mm. for this earth? Mm. Is it to look like heaven? Whoop. No. Wow. It's going to burn up. It's going to burn up. All Read of it's going to burn up. It's all going to burn up. And I, I don't, I don't, and I know there are people that say that it's not going to. I'm not sure how you get to that point. I've read all the scriptures they say. I, I don't really know how you get there. I'm not that smart. But point is, like, what is God's will? Well, his will is for his will to be accomplished, not ours. Yay! And Amen. and we're not going to know his will or his ways the majority of the time. I believe that's the biggest point. Except of for it doesn't matter. Right. And I think living for eternity for me and like trying to teach my boys that this life truly doesn't matter. You don't need a platform. You don't need to fulfill anything. I can't imagine what that's like to try to bring heaven to earth like we have that capability. Some people can barely get up on time, and like we think we can just bring heaven to earth. I, I think that's really confusing to me, <laughs> but I'm not that smart either. And so, I don't know when it started, but I do know that I'm really excited to meet Jesus. And I can't say that there was another Whoa. time in my life that I was excited to meet him. Like, I would say that because I was a quote unquote Christian, so you have wow. to say the right thing. But, well, <sighs> what do we have? I mean, we can have him as much as we can have him here, but it will not compare to there. And I don't know why we have to pretend that it can. What we do here matters to get there. Wow. Not, not we don't earn it here. We don't work for our salvation. That is a free gift. But if we have received the free gift of salvation, our life here will show that there's an actual change and I think that is, you want heaven on earth here? It's that a life filled with sin and darkness can be transformed. Woo. That's heaven on earth, I think, as far as it can get. For me, when it became real, honestly, is when my little brother died. You know? Wow. When Joshua died and I was in the room with him, I've been in the room with several uh, mothers if they, as they give birth to babies. And I've never seen anything more beautiful than the moment he died. It was just as beautiful as a baby being birthed. Because he was entering, he was entering <laughs> heaven. That's scripture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says that the day of, of your death is more beautiful mm. than the day you were born. I'm telling you, the room turned white. Wow. I'm not joking. It turned white. And uh, it was just, I, I literally felt... Like heaven and earth touching just in that room. Wow. And um, dreams and visions later. And in one vision, I was actually told the distractions make themselves irresistible. You need to keep your eyes on the prize. And do you know, as a, um, all at that point, when the Lord encountered me, I was 40. But leading up, like from my brother's death to the time, because he died in 2010. 
encounters in 2014, kind of leading up until that time. It took me three years to find out what my prize was. What do you think it was? Uh, I was looking into, like, am I supposed to write a book? Is there a career that we didn't get to finish? Like, am I supposed to make a record? Am I supposed to, like, start a ministry? I thought that was my prize. Yeah. I had no idea the reality of Jesus as prize, Mm. as reward, as pursuit, as the way. You know, I, I knew about him pointing the way or... And for me, it w- salvation just didn't, it just wasn't such a big deal. Wow. Heaven wasn't a really big deal until my brother died. I didn't get, I mean, I hoped I made it. Right. It was that kind of deal. But Jesus being the way for me more meant like, uh, well, that's just so someday maybe somewhere. God is somewhere behind a cloud. I don't know. But we need him to show us the way here, like. What should I do next month? What should I do with my life? Who should I marry? Who, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he's the way to the Father. (laughs) And that's all that matters. Amen. (laughs) He's the way to the Father. He is eternal life. He is the way to know the Father. And to know the Father, to know God is to have eternal life. And honestly, nothing else matters. And once you know him that way... You want to tell the world. Yeah. But you don't have the pressure of changing the world. So many people who have taken on this pressure to change the world Mm -hmm. have been changed by the world. Yep. Uh, Jesus prayed in John 17. He specified that his prayer was not for the world. It's just interesting. I want so many people to be saved and come to Jesus. Yeah. But I don't want to be more, more compassionate. For the loss that I'm passionate for Jesus, because we we see very very clearly on the last day, many people who are passionate about their ministry will be turned away from Jesus, wow. because he didn't know them, Ooh. no intimacy. You see Jesus coming to his own beautiful church that he loved, blood bought, baptized, grace filled Christian the church. And, and what is he asking for? They had great reputation. He's asking for love, right. repentance. He wants love. The flame that needs to be up like the five wise virgins, it's love. The Holy Spirit, he, he is fire. He, it's all the romance, <laughs> you know? So wow. it's, yes, I'm excited about heaven. Me too. Our kids are excited about Evan. That makes me really, really happy. When somebody dies, our oldest son tries not to be jealous. <laughs> he doesn't want to die. He's very clear about that. He's like, I don't want to die. I'm just like, wow. They're, they made it. Wow. <laughs> but And really, heaven could become an idol as well. Because like, that's, wow. that's not the point. That's a, that's a reward. Yeah. It's a reward. Wow. But it's like I don't know this I don't know if this analogy works, but I was just thinking about how so many relationships while they're dating, like if they travel and they they go on all these trips and they do all these things, they really struggle when they get married and they're not going on all the trips and all the stuff and I'm thinking the point is not uh, it's not for your ministry. The point is Jesus and that is wow. really hard for people. Yeah, it's really hard for people because in this world they're so encouraged to go and do, Woo. and the Bible encourages you to go and be, and that is like, 
Most people can't be. I think the biggest problem with men is they can't be. I know in our church specifically, men do not know how to be. They'll go do something. They'll all go do something. I told uh, Candace's fiance, he rode 260 something miles. And I'm thinking. On gravel. On gravel. On yeah. a bike, on just a so y'all are clear. Bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Not a dirt bike. Not a dirt bike. I could have done a dirt motorbike. bike. Yeah. But he's talking about that, and I'm thinking that's almost every man, if you said, here's how you get Jesus. Ride a bike 260 miles. I guarantee almost every man be like, I'll do that. I bet. I ain't never even ridden a bike before, but I will do that. Okay, I need you to sit here just with the Lord and do what? Wow. And I think that is the problem is is people think heaven's going to be boring. I know a lot of people that think heaven's going to be really boring. So we're just going to worship in heaven? We're going to? In heaven, not in hell, you know? Like, how how do you spin that? But it's not a. It's still not even about heaven. Like you live from a heavenly perspective, but it's about eternity with Jesus. Yes. Jesus. 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 And I don't know how Jesus. that's gotten so convoluted and twisted wow. in our, our world. I mean, listening to Spurgeon, like he had his eyes on the prize. Mm. Wow. And punched everybody in the face with every <laughs> sermon that he's ever preached. And now we have wishy-washy, you know, we've got a huge church in Charlotte, North Carolina that's telling their church if they slip their hand up, church is no longer for them anymore. It's for non-believers. Oh, yeah. And it's like, really? The church is never meant for unbelievers. It's meant for believers to be equipped mm-hmm. to go and to preach the gospel, the actual gospel, the, the actual, actual gospel, one. not you're amazing and not even God loves you. That's not the gospel. Foundation of First part. Yeah, but if you stop just there. First half. Yes. If yeah. you stop yes. at God loves you, yes. what do you get? Yes. Wow, I'm amazing. I'm amazing. God just loves me. Like, I'm his favorite. He loves me no matter what. He does love you no matter what, but where does that get you in light of eternity? That's probably what I heard. I'm just realizing it right now. I'm That's probably sure all is. I heard the first time. Wow. That's probably why I just went off and lived my life. Whoa. Because you had a false sense of safety. 100%. False assurance. Because the verse I remember, I memorized was John three sixteen, which starts out for God so loved right the world. That's right the world, and that never but changes. I didn't, I didn't get the next part. I didn't get it. I heard someone say in a sermon today. I don't remember who it was, so I can't even say, or maybe it was yesterday. Repenting is not something you do, but something you don't do. And I thought that was really interesting. Wow. It's. In the thought process tomorrow. Wow. When you say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it because God cares for me. He says, give all your worries and cares to God for God cares about you. And he's talking about the next verse is that keeps you safe from Satan who prowls around like a roaring lion. And I'm just thinking about, I mean, I'm bringing this up right now, but like that is so interesting how many people think if they're even open to repentance that repentance is like saying, I'm so sorry, I did that, please forgive me. Repentance is you stop doing it. Yay! Because I think, I think, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, y'all are my pastors, praise the Lord. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but like, when you're delivered, not always, but most of the time I've seen you minister to people, Cheyenne, or you, Kevin, like, sometimes people get delivered, but then sometimes you guys have them repent, and then they get delivered. Right. You know what I mean? If we can, I would rather them, because otherwise they're going to go right back to it. Right, which is is what we were talking about. We were like, the reason that 
one of the reasons, not because I'm not saying this because we were amazing. I'm saying this because by his grace, we repented, first of all. And then by his grace, after the repentance and deliverance, we continue living our life, not going back to. Right, which is what repentance actually is. It's turning from your sin to God. It's, it's you know, you know I, was, I was saying earlier, it's wow. like if you come to every altar call and you surrender whatever it is that's been talked about, and you go the next day and still engage in the worry, in the jealousy, in the strife. You have not repented. You hope God forgives you. Well, y- you hate that you're dealing with this, but repentance is not saying I'm sorry. Repentance is turning from it and to God. Whoa, isn't that something? That's Yay. why you know, and a bona fide Jesus Christ of Nazareth miracle with a man at the pool of Bethesda. Mm-hmm. was followed up by Jesus saying, now stop sinning. Let something worse come on you. Yeah. So, yes, I am very hesitant just to cast demons out of people. You know, the Lord's really dealt with me on all of this because he just showed me one day that he healed everyone who came to him. And who am I to judge? You know? Wow. So now I'm happy to pray, but I would just, people need to be taught. Otherwise, they're going to go right back. More than likely, they're going to go right back to whatever it was they just got freed from. And then it's worse because if a demon's cast out and then mm. they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, he'll bring seven more stronger than himself. But don't you think that's the problem? Tell is me. That, is that people don't want to turn from their sin. Right. And so repentance has become like, my bad. It definitely has. And so therefore, and then all they hear is that they're loved by God. And so if God loves them, then I can do whatever I want. So then you get into, then you get people that are quote unquote radical Christians because they believe the Bible to be fully true. Ooh. See, like the problem, that's how the, the devil manipulates the whole thing wow. is that you repentance is not preached often and when it is it's generally not preached that you turn from your sin nobody ever i don't i don't hear anybody say i need to turn from my sin i hear people pray the same prayers over and over matter of fact there was a young man that came to our church for a couple years and he would say i i cry buckets at every service so god's obviously touching me but his life never changed Mm. so what's the point right is that god just loving you right where you are like in your mess well Part of that is, yes, God loves you in your mess, but that's never his goal. That's right. never his. Right. That's not the end of the story. He wants you like to quit doing. <laughs> quit dying. Quit dying like in your sin. And, and here's another thing. So when we so living for eternity will bring that urgency usually because you're going to live in eternity somewhere. That's why we're having this. That's what I forgot to say at the beginning was the urgency I felt to talk about it. Well, because if you're going to talk about heaven, you got to think about hell. Right. Because people, everyone has a soul that's going to live on forever. Right. Somewhere. And so, you know, I'm even just sitting here thinking about people who come and they hear that we cast out demons. Just because someone wants to be delivered of a demon does not mean they want Jesus. Well, They just want to be delivered of whatever. For freedom. Torment. The, you know the evil spirit is causing whoa but w- one thing that we're learning and i don't know why it, why it, it took just the last few years to be learning this 
because it's just so foundational. You know, Jesus, he prayed, um, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Mm. You know, that's a that's a daily thing. He's showing in this prayer. This is like, and so repentance is the very first thing that Jesus said when he started preaching the gospel. Wow. John the Baptist said it. Jesus <laughs> came back to the church through John the Beloved in Revelation and saying, repent. Right. So, but I think after repentance and you believe and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then I think the very next most important thing, in my opinion, is forgiveness. Because we see so many people, if I meet a Christian who's tormented, I'm pretty sure somewhere there's unforgiveness. Because if you read Matthew 18, it's very clear that you can be a forgiven person. And if you refuse to forgive, you can be brought back into torment. And Jesus said um, that if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. God, God will not forgive you. And this is talking about people who've already been forgiven. So that's really interesting. And then when Jesus came to his disciples after he was resurrected, one of the first things he talked to them about was forgiving others after he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Anyway, so you got to think about like if people are not living with an idea of eternity and all they've focused on is their career or their ministry or their financial security or even leaving a legacy. Woo. That's a huge thing now. Please leave a legacy of faith. <laughs> but if you are focused more on what you're going to leave than who you're going toward, it's still the wrong focus. Wow. Y- you know what I'm saying? Anything can become a distraction. Anything can be an idol. You are not safe to focus on anything but Jesus. Jesus. We are not safe. To focus. I don't know why I've never said this. I probably have, but I'm going to say it stronger. We are not safe. It is dangerous to focus on anything or anyone but Jesus. Because Hebrews 12, 2 says, this is how we run our race of faith. It depends entirely from start to finish that we keep our eyes on Jesus. Whoa. So what could be more important? Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, nothing. (laughs) So I think that when there's no real concern about eternity, why would you care about repentance or faith or yeah. anything? And and now not just the world, but much of the church is doing away with heaven, hell, judgment, the Bible. Yeah, the Bible seems entirely optional, uh, boring, unnecessary. Uh, in error oh i just i pray that more people will have a sense of urgency and an actual reverence for god i cannot imagine how it's going to feel for me on judgment day but i certainly can't imagine how it'll feel for people who had no fear of the lord i read often daniel 7 9 it's the vision daniel had it said I, i watched as thrones were put in place and the ancient ones sat down to judge his clothing was as white as snow and his hair as purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him and many millions stood to attend him. 
Then the court began its session and the books were opened. And it often reminds me he does not need me. Well, I don't ever want to stand. No, I pray that not one person that I've ever, that the Lord has put me in front of or to lead, that they don't know what the actual gospel says. We don't serve a little mamsy-pamsy little cartoon God. He is fire. And I get so concerned, and I know why churches don't preach them. I, I know why they don't preach against sin. I know why they don't preach repentance. I totally know why. Because they've been conned and tricked and taught. I don't believe any of them. Most of them don't even know I believe it. But, but you can't build a large church... If Jesus didn't build a large church, I'm not sure why we think we can. I don't I don't mean you can't have a big church or a big building. I'm not saying that. But the reason most people don't preach repentance or against sin is because people don't want to hear about repentance and they don't want to turn from their sin. Right, they'll leave. They will leave. And yet every time a group gathered around Jesus, Every time. Jesus didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. Matter of fact, he went so far. You would almost think he was trying to run people off. And the more I read him, the more I think he absolutely was trying to run people off that really didn't want him. So why do we put up with people who half want him, half don't? And I don't mean that like you shouldn't love people. But we should give everybody the whole truth. Yeah. And so what is what is an eternal perspective here on earth? It's living in the middle of a fire, or the middle of a storm, or in the middle of being hated, or in the middle of getting your head cut off, or, or having millions of dollars and having an incredible job and incredible spouse or, or a horrible marriage. They're all really irrelevant as it relates to eternity. Wow. And if we spend more time focusing on what is right in front of us rather than what's to come, we are missing the point. And it's easy to do. If your focus is here, this is where it is. If your focus is there, that's where you're going to live. People say they're seated in heavenly places. Not according to what I'm seeing. If that's heavenly places, I don't want to go. Right. But heavenly places, I got to watch my wife go from dying to abundant life. Actual abundant life. Actual abundant life. Actual heavenlies. We actually made less money (laughs) than we did. Our son was dying. Right. And I, I started watching Abundant Life take place because Whoa. the presence of the Lord was so heavy and so real and so tangible so often that it was confusing to this Baptist boy. <laughs> and now now that I know it's available for everybody, because eyes have been opened and ears have been opened and a fire has been lit, not at all do I feel like I have reached it. But I'm excited to keep reaching. Yeah. I'm excited to keep focusing on heaven rather than here. I'm, I'm excited to keep, instead of praying for mountains to move, I'm excited for the mountains that are going to fall in my way. Ooh. Because if, if God allows a mountain to fall in my way, he's going to drag me through it, over it. He might burn me up in the middle of it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> and knowing that this life doesn't matter is, is started to produce like deep levels of freedom in my life. I don't have to accomplish anything in this life except love Whoa. Jesus. You don't talk about a weight off. I don't have to do anything except love him. Imagine that. Imagine doing what his word said. And it's like the the abundant life that he talks about that I started experiencing was righteousness, peace, 
and joy. Joy. It wasn't that we automatically just got a coffee shop and serving crema and wonderful people to do life with. Oh, in the name of Jesus. I don't oh. consider that abundance. But the wonderful one we do life in. Right, right. That we have life in. It's not about that. You guys are wonderful. Y'all are wonderful. Baylor, you are wonderful. You're, I mean, you're like a dream come true as far as just a friend. You know what I mean? I just love you. But abundance is not the wonderful people that we do life with. Whoa. It is the wonderful one. That's right. We have life in. The only one. You know, the, the Lord told me one day in Germany, I remember he said, tell the people that my kingdom is not something to be lived up to, but someone to be lived in. Whoa. I mean, I'm just thinking about, I think it was last Sunday or Sunday before last, maybe two. I was looking at Louisa, and suddenly I saw her in a way I'd never seen her before. I saw her, and this is how I'm starting to see so many around me, like an actual soul saved. Whoa. It's like when you're sitting here crying. I'm like, because like, I mean, you're 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 easy to look at. You're so beautiful, and people can just get drawn in by your smile and your fun and your humor. But like, you're sitting here weeping because you're saved. Yeah. I remember having a vision one time where I was in heaven, and Louisa ran up to me, and she's weeping. I guess before our tears are wiped away, <laughs> and she said, "We made it." <laughs> You know, uh. I mean, that <laughs> to live in him to where, you know, that he cares about us so much, we can actually give our worries and cares to him. I mean, I am rocked. I, I encourage anyone listening to this podcast, read the stories of the persecuted Christians, wow. read a book called Every Good Gift, read Corey Ten Boom, uh, read, listen, find stories about Christians who have literally laid their lives down for mm-hmm. Christ, lost their earthly, temporary life. I mean, it's just amazing to think that a Christian in Mozambique or in China or in Afghanistan now, wow. they're not to be pitied, mm. possibly envied. Right. <laughs> But not really. Don't envy them. But like, they they understand, huh? Looked up to. I was literally just thinking that that most countries want to come to America because of the plenty, and I I would long to live the way they lived, knowing that that could be that could be the day they meet they met Jesus because it's so real to them. It's so because what are people here using their faith for? You know, wow. What what do we use our faith toward here? You know, because a lot of times, I mean, I'll be honest with you, in order to do ministry in the Lord, I have to forget that it's ministry because I grew up in ministry. I was always around it. And ministry has such a, it kind of develops this thing of its own and it can be really intense, fierce, um, insecurity, competition, jealousy, comparison, and so I can't think of it as ministry in the way that I was kind of uh, raised to see ministry. Wow. Every day, 
I just am with the Lord and looking at every single area of my life, and I make sure that there are no strings <sighs> tying my heart to anything. My husband, my children, this church, future, whatever. Mm-hmm. Surrendered. Everything surrendered to him. Everything given to him. And like that I'm ready to meet him. And I don't mean like hopefully I'm not in sin or, or hopefully I've done enough good. I mean like ready to meet him, like excited, that. eager, yeah, in love, like first love. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that I... You know, whatever we're we're telling anyone in this podcast or our church, or whatever, we're going to give account for that. You know, yeah, we're going to answer for what we spoke, and so I, r- I would really rather speak His word right. than something I've just come up that I th- with that I think is relevant. Right, yeah. right. You know, you can't get any more relevant than the Bible. Amen. Because it never changes. It never changes. Yesterday, like today, and forever. The cul- or the culture. Oh. Thank you, Lord. It matters. I'm so glad you're doing this, Baylor. Can we bless you? Sure. Please. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to listen back to this and then quit the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God, if you want me to do it, I will. But I'm serious. This might be the last episode ever. <laughs> we just go out with a bang. Yeah, boom. Mic drop. Lord, thank you for saving Baylor. And not because she decided to choose you, but because you had already chosen her. That's the first thing Heidi and I talked about, was that he chose us. Honey, he chose you. you, (laughs) I told Heidi, I was like, if I sat and thought about that only (laughs) for the rest of my life, just that, (laughs) and like actually let my heart be vulnerable about it, and like actually... God chose Baylor, me. I think I'd be like, I mean, I know I'd be, I already am. Every time I think about that, I'm like. <gasps> and for the listeners, we didn't know that. Uh, and so we start the prayer out with that. Oh, listen to what something I wrote down while ago. Baylor, speaking of love, being vulnerable. Mm. I wrote this in my last meeting. True love is vulnerable, like Jesus hanging naked on a cross. You talk about vulnerable. Is vulnerable. True love is willing to be hated. Wow. Persecuted. Yay. Stunned. Mocked. <laughs> loved. Hugged. <laughs> wow. Some people have more trouble with being hugged and loved <laughs> and stoned. Right. Because the heart's like stone. Woo. And love feels far too dangerous. Thank you, Lord, for choosing Baylor. Thank you, God. Thank you for choosing to draw Baylor to Jesus. Thank you for choosing that Baylor would be a bride of Christ. And thank you, Lord, for putting your love in her for others. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that many will have the opportunity to choose the one who is calling out to them. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that people will hear you calling their name. 
in the name of Jesus, I believe people right now, I believe you're going to get testimonies that people start hearing in dreams, visions, even now, they're going to hear him calling their name. Wow. And then they're going to come running. <laughs> running. Running for <laughs> salvation. Running. <laughs> running. <laughs> running. <laughs> running for salvation. He's going to draw them. <laughs> He's going to draw them. <laughs> for your glory, Lord. Yes. By your power. <laughs> My brother taught me this prayer a long time ago. He said, pray everything in Jesus' name, according to his will, by his power, for his glory. Wow. <laughs> and we plead, he taught me this too, we plead the blood and the word in the name of Jesus over this podcast. Yes. Over Baylor. Yes. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Of every person listening, in the name of Jesus, yes, Lord, <laughs> be loved, be free, be made whole, be saved, yes, be His, <laughs> be His, be kept by Him. Wow! In Jesus' holy name, Jesus happened in the blink of an eye. Woo. If part of my life was changed, in an auto Jesus happened <laughs> <laughs> in the night. Taking the lies. He took the lies yeah. away. All my sin was forgiven. Woo. The moment I met his grace, that's when I started living. Woo. And all that my heart can say is Jesus had. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.